Welcome to Have You Heard, a podcast series designed to inform you about the upcoming unit of study. These short podcasts will allow you to learn a little about the topic, major points of emphasis, how you can help at home, and what should be mastered by the end of the unit. Hello, Lanier Middle School. I'm excited to bring to you a special podcast from our 8th grade social studies teachers, Mr. Shirouse and Mr. Webb. Take it away, guys. Greetings, friends. This is uh, Chap Shirouse. I'm here with Adam Webb. Adam and I are 8th grade Georgia Studies teachers here at Lanier. Georgia Studies explores the geography, history, government, and economics of our state. And in the final weeks of this semester, we are exploring AKS 36, which asks us to analyze the impact of Reconstruction in Georgia. Reconstruction in Georgia was a time of major change in the state following the devastation of the Civil War. This was a relatively short era. It only lasted from 1865 until 1872, but it had a huge impact on our state that is still evident today in many ways. After the war, much of Georgia was absolutely devastated. After Sherman's march and four years of fighting, over 40,000 Georgians had been killed or wounded, and many had lost their land and their fortunes entirely. Due to the damage inflicted, the United States attempted to reconstruct the South using three different plans to do so. We're also going to explore ways that the United States tried to serve and build up the newly freed blacks who had gained their freedom but had very little else in this world. Um, we're going to look at educational opportunities due to organizations like the Freedmen's Bureau. Uh, we'll also look at the rise of segregation and Jim Crow era laws that came about at this same time. I'm going to turn it over to Adam, and he's going to talk to you about AKS 36 A and B. Awesome. Thanks, Mr. Sharehouse. So my name is Adam Webb. I'm also a eighth grade social studies teacher here at Lanier Middle. And wow, we've come such a long way since August. We started out in Georgia studies with prehistory. We went through colonialization. We went through the American Revolution and then got into Civil War. And so now as we get ready to end this semester, Civil War is over and a lot has changed. The Union is brought back together and the South is kind of trying to figure this thing out, right? Like the South is is trying to figure out how in the world we're going to rebuild, how we're going to come back into the fold of the union and how we're going to sustain ourselves socially and economically. And so there's all these different things to look at. And that really entails a lot of different ideas and entails a lot of different laws and amendments and, and those sorts of things. And the AKS is pretty specific in what it asks us to do. It asks us to analyze the impact of Reconstruction in Georgia. And in doing so, explain the roles of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments in Reconstruction. And then next, it asks us to explain the key features of the Lincoln, the Johnson, and the Congressional Reconstruction Plans. And so I'm just going to briefly talk through a few of those. The first phase was called Presidential Reconstruction, which lasted from 1865 at the end of the Civil War to 1866. During this plan, President Andrew Johnson, who was a native of Tennessee and remembered loyal to the Union was extremely lenient on the southern states. His plan was based on that of Abraham Lincoln who had been assassinated in April of 1865 and allowed the South readmission into the Union if 10% of the population swore to an oath of allegiance to the United States. So along and intertwined with that was also the 13th Amendment which officially ended slavery in the United States. 
And then next came the plan from the Radical Republicans, which was the congressional plans. And this plan thought that Johnson had taken it a little too lenient on the South coming back into the Union. Black codes had been uh, established in the South, and the South's treatment of some of the blacks in in the Southern United States uh, were harsh. They weren't allowed to vote. They couldn't testify against whites in court. They could not serve as jurors. But with the South's terrible treatment of blacks, Congress introduced the 14th Amendment. And this made African Americans citizens of the United States and required that they were given the same rights as all U.S. citizens. So while the 13th gave them the right to vote, the 14th made them citizens. Next was called the Congressional Plan. This lasted from 1866 to 1867. And Georgia, along with other southern states, refused to ratify the 14th Amendment. So they would not accept the 14th Amendment. And with that, Georgia and the rest of the South were placed under the authority of Congress. As a result, the southern states were required to pass this amendment in order to be readmitted to the Union. So under military reconstruction, which flowed out of congressional reconstruction, uh, the South was really forced to ratify these amendments and give some of these rights to African Americans, such as voting, public school, and uh, moving the capital of Georgia to the city of Atlanta. And the 15th Amendment was a major part of this particular model of reconstruction. And so the 15th Amendment gave African American men the right to vote. All right, that's a lot of information packed into a couple of learning targets there. Reconstruction is such a transformative time in the South, for good and for bad. Um, My colleague, Mr. Webb, mentioned the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, or the Reconstruction Amendments. Before I take over and talk a little bit more about some of the organizations that arose in this time, I want him to share a quick poem with you that he shares with his students to help them remember these uh, 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments and their role during this era. So in my class, we use a little poem just to help us remember the amendments. It says, the 13th Amendment ended slavery, the 14th Amendment said citizens they shall be, and the 15th Amendment said this is not a joke, and it gave black men the right to vote. Great, Mr. Webb, I love it. AKS 36C asks us to compare and contrast the goals and outcomes of the Freedmen's Bureau and the Ku Klux Klan. During the Reconstruction era, two organizations emerged that are going to have a huge impact on newly freed peoples. The Freedmen's Bureau was designed to give freedmen and poor whites an economic boost and an opportunity to learn to read and write through formal education. On the other hand, the Ku Klux Klan terrorized freedmen through violence and intimidation by burning schools, intimidating freedmen, and the Ku Klux Klan was at odds with the economic and social improvements desired by the Freedmen's Bureau. The Freedmen's Bureau, officially titled the Bureau of Refugees, Freedmen, and Abandoned Lands, was created to help African Americans adjust to their newly gained freedom. This program also supported poor whites in the South. The program provided food to whites and blacks who were affected by the war, helped build freedmen's schools and hospitals, and supervised labor contracts and other legal disputes. This was a moderately successful program. Most successful of all were the education programs that came out of the Freedmen's Bureau. 
As we talk about the Freedmen's Bureau in class, we will uh, analyze some primary documents, and a great one that we talk about is a story of a young lady who came down from Maryland as a teacher to take on a role in a Freedmen's Bureau school. She was given a small farmhouse, she cleaned it up and got ready, expecting five to ten children to show up uh, for her lessons, and when she opened the doors for the first time, she found that over 200 newly freed peoples, some uh, infants naked running around, others 80 years old who had never had the opportunity to learn to read and write all showed up longing for this new opportunity for an education to take their place in society and begin to enjoy the liberties that had been so hard fought and won. The flip side of this coin that is going to come out of the desperation and anguish of a defeated South is the Ku Klux Klan. Originally a social club for Confederate veterans, it very quickly devolved into outright racism and terrorism. Ku Klux Klan would be responsible for lynchings, burning churches and schools, and spreading fear and terror throughout the black community during this era of Reconstruction as they tried to hold on to the ideals of the Old South during this era of progressive change. One of the big changes that came during this era as a part of Reconstruction was the desire to seat black legislators in Georgia's General Assembly. AKS 36D asks us to examine the reasons and effects of the removal of these black or African-American legislators from the General Assembly during Reconstruction. For a very brief period during Reconstruction, uh, black freedmen were given more political rights than they had ever had in a hundred years. Primarily, freedmen were given the right to vote. With this freedom, 32 African-Americans were elected to the Georgia General Assembly in 1867. However, within days of convening the General Assembly, these gentlemen were all expelled by force by white Southerners. The reason for the expulsion of these legislators were numerous. As recorded in the Journal of the Senate of 1868, uh, they were stated as non-citizens and not entitled to hold office under Georgia's Constitution. Georgia's Democratic legislature scoured the state constitution for any passage that supported their expulsion. The effects of this removal were far-reaching. As a result of this expulsion in the eyes of the United States Congress, Georgia remained unreconstructed and was not granted legal return to the United States of America. This is going to be one of about three times that Georgia is provisionally readmitted and kicked back out of the United States during this Reconstruction era as the growing pains of trying to fit this nation ripped apart at the seams back together peacefully would see challenge after challenge during the Reconstruction era. And finally, we are going to talk about some of the goods and services produced during the Reconstruction era. I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Webb to talk to you about AKS 36B, but before we do, I want to share one final story. Another great primary source that we share with our students as we explore Reconstruction comes from John Muir, the founder of the Sierra Club and one of the original fathers of our national parks. Muir wrote a journal um, called A Thousand Mile Walk to the Sea, where he walked from his home in the north through Georgia all the way down to the Keys in Florida about two years after the Civil War. And he recorded his interactions with several planters, doctors. Um, he spent time near Athens. He crossed very close to Gwinnett County all the way down to Savannah. And in one of his stories, he talks about uh, meeting a planter who is having um, 
these tenant farmers or sharecroppers drag his gristmill and equipment out of the bottom of the pond and that during the war he had sunk all of his uh, equipment to the bottom of a pond to hide it from Sherman's bummers um, as Sherman came through on his march to sea destroying everything in his path and he said now we've got to get it back in action as quickly as we possibly can because I've got so many people wanting to share crop and tenant farm for me now that the same people I held in slavery on my plantation just before the war are now begging me for opportunities to come back and work in agriculture. So one thing we will see is that the agriculture of the South during Reconstruction will look very similar to the cotton economy of the King Cotton South prior to the Civil War. Mr. Webb has some more details about that for you. Yeah, so after the Civil War, it just became very difficult for a lot of Georgians to get back on their feet, to rebuild uh, themselves and their, their lives and their communities economically. And so cotton had definitely changed because cotton prior to the war was the major crop produced in the state of Georgia. And then as the cotton production was, was limited during and after the war, uh, farmers in Georgia tried to sell off a lot of cotton that they had stockpiled in barns and in sheds and different places and weren't able to get rid of it, weren't able to sell it. And eventually in Georgia, the diversification of crops comes into play, but that's not really until the early 1900s after the boll weevil in 1910. And so from the end of the war in 1865 until the Great Depression era in the early 1900s, a lot of Georgians were trying to figure out what to do and some different forms of farming um, took place in the state of Georgia. For example, sharecropping and tenant farming uh, have been both beneficial for Georgians and Georgians who were landowners and needed to provide resources um, in their own community and needed help working on the farms. They were most mostly sharecroppers and tenant farmers were poor and illiterate blacks and whites and both agreed to exchange their labor and a portion of their crops for the landowner in return for the land to work. So both groups had to buy certain necessities from the landowner and found themselves deeply indebted to the landowner. And so this kind of just took on a different different shape of farming and also um, for how, how landowners use their land and for how farmers and sharecroppers would work the land as well. All right, so that really wraps up our overview of AKS 36. For more information, you can always visit our E-Class pages or the E-Class page of any instructors here at Lanier. There should be in the calendar a daily set of instructional plans with links to more resources. In the announcement section, you'll find any kind of important announcements about uh, classroom instruction or activities. And especially, uh, make sure you check out the content section of E-Class where you will find all of the resources that we use in the classroom, including videos, links to documents, and copies of any classroom activities or handouts. Thank you for listening to this uh, podcast. We hope this is helpful in helping you understand what it is your students are going to be doing with us in the next couple of weeks. We really want you to be prepared for the district assessment finals that are going to be coming up at the end of December just before our break and make sure that our students are ready to do their best to go green and, and aim for distinguished on those finals to show everything that they have learned this semester. And we're hopeful that we can get back together with you with some episodes of Peach Pals in the near future that will expand a little bit on everything that we've been talking about and give you one more resource to check out. You can also check our podcast page for a copy of the reading notes that we've been summarizing today as well as links to some other great resources 
resources you can use to stay as informed as possible in all things Georgia studies. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in, Longhorn families. We look forward to next time.